The Data Reaper podcast is a companion which provides extra insight into the weekly report found at ViciousSyndicate.com. Join us for a deeper dive into the numbers to help you improve your Hearthstone game. Hello and welcome to episode 116 of the Data Reaper podcast. I'm your host, Ridiculous Hat, and I am joined as always by a Zach Renault. Zach, how you doing? How you doing, Hat? Doing all right. Pretty proud of myself for that nickname, if I do say so myself. A Zach Renault. Not bad. It's not bad. Right. Just like Control Pal. It's not bad. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so we're actually recording this right before the report goes live because I'm traveling this weekend. So Zach is being flexible this time. Thank you, Zach. Um, so I get all of the insights before anybody else. And I'm very excited. But you always get it. Well, after the report, though, and I mean, I can go look at it, but it's it's different when you when you say it out loud to me. Like getting my own oh, personal report story time. Anyways, I guess. That's, not, that's not what matters. The listeners are going to hear this after the report's out. This is all pointless. So the point here is next report should be normal time, Thursday the 19th, podcast 21st, unless we get balance changes before then, which we know the BG's patch is coming out on Tuesday the 17th. I think that means balance patches are not in that. We don't know for sure, but I think that's what that means. So I'm sticking yeah, with my original date of the 26th. That's going to be 26th. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think you were you were right about that. So we have some more time left over. In addition, though, Wild Report is imminent, coming on the fifteenth uh, this Sunday. So there's there's more to to look forward to. There was a report, and things are happening at uh, this week, despite the fact that the meta is pretty narrow, uh, especially at top legend. Uh, meta elsewhere is fine, but um, Obviously, uh, people are going to tune into Twitch and watch streams and then complain about a meta that they're not playing. <laughs> I will tell you, I had a very diverse experience at, at Top 1000 today. Not only did I play against rogues and de- demon hunters, I played against two hunters. Well, yeah, because hunter is the other uh, class that has a positive win rate at Top Legend, and that's it. <laughs> it was just those three classes. It was... Yeah, it was Demon Hunter, Rogue, and two Hunters, and it, one of the times the Demon Hunter turned out to be a Rogue, which is the ultimate, ultimate bait. Oh, that's that sucks when it happens. Um, I mean, it the whole yeah. day was not was not all that great. Um, I wanted to have more fun than I did, but we know changes are coming, so let's just talk through what's going on right now and where to start. But Rogue. Yeah, so uh, here's the the big rogue news um, for this week is that you know we had a, a build um, last week that cuts Bone Spike because Bone Spike is not good against Demon Hunter. It's terrible against Demon Hunter. It's like drawing nothing. It's like you 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 just drew nothing against them because it's useless. Uh, and it's pretty. It's not. It's not very good in the mirror either. Uh, so we said, okay, in a narrow meta, it makes sense to cut bone spike. You'd never do that if the the meta was diverse and there were a lot of decks and you know people played, you know, early game minions uh, that didn't d- just die to wild panos at that at that top legend bracket. So cut bone spike, run double door, double gone fishing. Uh, it helps uh, graveyard. That was the thinking, and we looked at this build, 
and I saw something very interesting, and that is the fact that this deck, this specific list, does not lose to Demon Hunter. Uh, normally, Miracle Road goes 45-55 against Quest Demon Hunter, but when you cut Bone Spikes and run useful cards instead, you don't lose that matchup. Uh, it's even possible that Rogue might have like a tiny, tiny edge, maybe a 1-2% edge against Quest Demon Hunters as long as you run that build. Which means that on a surface level, Miracle Rogue can have no bad matchups at all. Like not even the Quest Demon Hunters can counter this deck. And that is important because if you look at the report, you look at the performances, a Quest Demon Hunter kind of closed the gap on Miracle Rogue because Miracle Rogue rose in popularity, Rogue rose in popularity, which means you're running into more mirror matchups. And the mirror is one of the Miracle Rogue's worst matchups. And that kind of uh, weighs down the win rate. While Quest Demon Hunter is taking advantage of its slightly favorable matchup against Rogue to, to, you know, to improve its overall performance because there's a bigger slice of the pie coming from the Rogue class, which Demon Hunter does well against. But... It may not last because of this uh, development. Now, I will say that the adoption of cutting bone spike isn't popular yet. I'm not sure how popular it will become. There's some pushback. People think that bone spike is really good or whatever. Uh, so, um, you know, who knows? But I'm just saying that there is a there, there's an option for Miracle Rogue to not have no bad matchups, at least on paper right now. Um, that I guess is important, uh, to note, uh, and that's kind of it. Uh, Quest Demon Hunter, the build is perfect. Uh, both of these builds, I'm, I'm happy with them, both the Miracle Rogue and the Quest TH, um, with, you know, the Dispose of Evidence and Sathino Abusive Sergeant. That, that, that works pretty well. And these, these are the two most dominant decks uh at top legend again outside of that uh you see miracle Row getting better because you know the the optimized builds are trickling down um but it's not like as dominant as it is a top legend it's not as popular like outside of legend there are more thief rogues still you still see um people complain more about things like stash and trickster and you know, the Thief Rogue cards. And that's because they are mostly encountering Thief Rogue and not Miracle Rogue. Uh, and Thief Rogue is um, not at a, an, an unreasonable power level or an unreasonable play rate. Um, Rogue is fine outside of Top Legend, really. Um, yeah, so... Demon, that's Demon Hunter and 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 Rogue, and then there's Death Knight, which I had a, a chance to check at whether uh, Trog is better than Vizier, and it's not really clear that it's better than Vizier. It's kind of a side grade. It's a bit matchup dependent, but not really, and it doesn't really significantly change the deck's performance. Um, and yeah, and Blood Blood Death Knight sucks. Uh, Spitter Hunter is the only other deck at Top Legend that has a positive win rate. Uh, this week had pretty much, you look at the Top Legend <laughs> power rankings, kind of insane. You see three decks with a positive win rate, two tier one decks. Everything else is tier three and below because Rogue and Demon Hunter are killing everything. 
Uh, and Spirit Hunter is the only thing that manages to somehow survive, even though it's still, it still it doesn't beat Rogue or Demon Hunter. It, it, these are kind of tough matchups. Uh, and But it can, you know, kind of handle it. And then outside of Legend, it's the number one deck. It's the best deck. Uh, it's really, really good. The build on the report works extremely well. Has a very good matchup spread. In general, very difficult to counter. Uh, and, and yeah, that's the only other deck that has a positive win rate at high MMR. Field just kind of collapsed like a black hole in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, and you know, you, you can look at report... Uh, I think it's uh, 218 or 219, uh, which was last year, same time last year, with Thief and Poison Rogue. And the resemblance is incredible. Like, we're basically in the same kind of meta. Um, Not exactly the same, but at that, like, report uh, 218, um, Thief, Rogue, and Poison Rogue, Rogue in general, a top legend uh, reached a 44% play rate. Um, this week, it's at 45% play rate of Rogue, a top legend. The week after on 219, which was the, the last report before nerfs, um, Rogue reached 50% play rate with just Thief and Poison. Um, and like Druid was like 19% and then everything else died. When you looked at the power rankings of those reports, there were like five decks with a positive win rate. Here we have three decks with a positive win rate. Um, that's kind of insane. It happened again. And it, like it's Wild Panol decks doing the same thing, like completely dominating the format. Um, and But also much like last, last, uh, last year, uh, the meta wasn't, as bad uh, actually it was worse uh thief rogue and poison rogue were still really popular i would say last year was worse thief rogue translated down and at yeah. least this year there's a deck that is the class that it says it is at the start of the game uh, like that is the start and end of my defensive quest demon hunter as a deck but at least you know they if they don't play the left card on turn one you at least know it's a demon hunter and it's not rogue and rogue you had Ram Druid back then. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Ram Druid was a thing. Ram Druid was kind of was kind of popular, even a top legend. So that existed. Um, but but last year it wasn't really um, something that like this year's decks, dominant decks are not really dominating outside of the top legend bracket. Um, but it, last year they were kind of still the most popular things to do at diamond ranks. They were still really, really popular. And even though it wasn't as extreme at top legend, Rogue was still the most popular class uh, through a, a larger portion of ladder. So it was felt uh, everywhere. Uh, here, um, you have a situation where Rogue is still popular. Uh, you still see quite a bit of it, but you actually see there's a lesser Rogue deck that you see more of uh, outside of the high MMR brackets. So it's a little bit different, but also very, very similar, as similar as something can be coincidentally two years, uh, two consecutive years. Um, and yeah, it's it's both like Walpano. Walpano is a card 
that helps Rogue um, dominate early game or like take out the initiative from initiative focused decks. Um, it, it just like if you're playing against Frost Mage, right? The game where you draw Wild Panel is so different than the game where you don't draw Wild Panel because if you draw Wild Panel, basically three for ones uh, very often just kills all the early game minion that the mage does, which means that the mage doesn't deal chip damage to you. It doesn't do minion base damage, which means its reach and burst is not enough to kill you, and you can stabilize and just and just win. Or something like Frost Death Knight, even though it, it like. On the surface, you think, oh, it doesn't run a lot of minions, but it is very reliant on chip damage through things like Vicious Slither uh, Spear. And if you can Wapanol and value trade that, and you're able, it's much more easy for you to mount counter pressure quickly enough before they get to the point where they Frost Rooms Fairy and they kill you. So Miracle Rogue can overcome a lot of these matchups uh, thanks to Wapanol. And if Rogue has a good late game, if you can run Wild Panel in a deck that has a really good late game, then that takes care of both ends of the meta spectrum where you have the ability to fight off initiative and you have the resources to win even against decks that run tons of removal. Uh, it's hard for them to outclass concoctions uh, and Astalors and stuff like that. So Rogue becomes a total package, a lot of it because of Wild Panel just taking care of the early game. Uh, so, yeah, well, nerf uh, wild panel. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Um, other classes, uh, most other classes are not really developing, but there is a major development, which is that control is back. At control is back because the narrow the the meta top legend is so narrow that it enables uh, all sorts of weird stuff happening. And there's even stuff happening over the last 24 hours that I didn't even cover in the report because I didn't have a chance to. But let's start with the things that are covered in the report. We start with a very narrow deck, which is Control Warrior. Control Warrior is not good unless you're playing at like top 100 specifically. And then I started seeing potential for Control Warrior to actually be a meta breaker at these, uh, at this very specific rank bracket because control warrior has been struggling to juggle the demon hunter and rogue matchup it can counter demon hunter very effectively but i've not seen uh, a single build of control warrior that is capable of having a 50 percent win rate against miracle rogue you're always like slightly unfavored at best against miracle Rogue because even though you're control warrior you have insane removal uh, like rogue just with Astalor and the value from concoctions and the pressure from Sinstone Graveyard and Warrior has having no ability to remove Graveyard Ghosts unless you, you like brawl and hope for the best uh, is kind of a big deal. Yeah, they just don't care that much. Like, you can slow them down, but you cannot stop them. Yeah, like, you can slow them down. Again, like, the matchup is close for... 45-55 is not bad, but you still, you don't beat Miracle Rogue. That's what I've seen so far. However, uh, the build the, from the report last week, you know, had like Renathal, lots of disruption and stuff. And now people are starting to transform that build, taking out the Renathal and making a 30-card build. 
And 30 card builds are, in theory, better against Rogue because the five health is not what, what helps you. What helps you is you find your key removal pieces more often. You also find your pressure cards more often, like your Galvanger, um, your uh, Revenant, right? Sometimes you just Revenant face and hit them in the face and Rokar them in the face uh, and, and kill. Like the warrior, since the warrior can't wait forever, for the rogue to start shadow stepping Astalor and playing uh, like three Astalors, like it's really hard to outlast that. The warrior needs a way to kill the rogue. And 30 card builds are better at killing opponents. So there's a build that cuts the Renathal stuff and looks much better against rogue while maintaining a very good matchup against Demon Hunter. The only thing that's missing from that build is Far Watch Post. Far Watch Post is one of the best cards in the Renathal build. I have absolutely no reason to think it wouldn't be one of the best cards in the 30 card build. Dare I say, Far Watch Post ends it. It ends it. Ends it. Like, it's, it's the best neutral card in the game. Maybe the best card in the game against both Miracle Rogue and Quest Demon Hunter. Yes, they do have ways to kill it sometimes. Sometimes the Demon Hunter is going to mark or scorn or they're going to fail barrage it or whatever. They can kill it. But if they don't, it ends it. <laughs> it yeah. ends it. Uh, and Rogue also um, has very few ways of dealing with it. Unless you get a very early null, uh, Far Watch Boost is just going to stall the game really, really hard. It's just a card that the moment Warriors start running it, I saw like a 5% increase in the Rogue matchup. Now, considering that, taking that into consideration, I think that the build that's featured in the report has potential to go 50%, maybe a little bit more than that, against Miracle Rogue because of the disruption offered by Far Watch Post. If that is correct, then Control Warrior will have a positive win rate against both Miracle Rogue and Quest DH, which means you narrowly beat Miracle Rogue, you go 50-50 against them at least and hard countered Quest Demon Hunter. That makes you a meta that's enough to make you a meta breaker at the very narrow, like top hundred environment where Miracle Rogue and Quest DH make up like 80% of the field. Uh so uh, the other thing that you do in that build is people swapped out Outrider's axe for Blacksmithing Hammer. And there are two reasons for this. Blacksmithing Hammer is pretty nice with Forge and Flame. But you run Weapon Expert on top of it, so you can very easily find a Blacksmithing Hammer that's like a 5-3. And you just take that, you just equip that, and you just you just hit them in the face. You just hit the rogue in the face, and you just kill them. Like, you hammer three charges, like a, a Tidal Revenant, a, a Galvanger, and they're dead. Like, you actually have a path to kill them. They don't run taunts. They don't have life gain. It's not Thief Rogue. Like, they have no ability to, to cheese life gain uh, unless they get really lucky off of a hazy concoction, right? So you just kill them, bash them in the face, like uh, hammer them in the face, Galvanger them in the face, Rokar them in the face, Revenant is in the face. You have a lot of face damage in this Control Warrior build. It's worth noting, by the way, if you are a, if you call yourself a Control player, and what we're saying is probably not all that appealing to you. The two control decks that we're going to talk about in this show, 
These are not attrition decks. These are stop you then kill you decks. Uh, I don't know, Hat. I don't, I don't know, Hat. I think that's that's nitpicking. This is pretty much a control warrior. It's got tons of I'm not, removal I'm not and talking stuff about in. the deck. I'm talking to the players that identify as control players. What they look for, in my experience, is they want reacting to be the primary thing they do. It's not about killing the opponent. It, it's about stopping their plan. That's kind of what this deck does mostly. Like, it's just specifically in the rogue matchup because their late game is so insane and you cannot sit around uh, and, and wait forever uh, because they do have the Astalur Shadow Step plan. You kind of eventually have to turn the corner yes. and kill them. And turning the corner is part of being a control player and understanding that at some point you are supposed to try and kill your opponent. I We've had this discussion before. I understand just the people that are looking to go forever are not going to be satisfied. Are never going to be are never going to be satisfied. I'll correct you, Hat. They are never going to be satisfied. Because at some point people forgot what control really is. There is control up until a certain point where you turn the corner and kill the opponent. And uh, those people really liked Plague Spreader Priest, man. Plague Spreader Priest didn't didn't turn the that many corners. Yeah, uh, and I'm telling you that if this is what you define as control, and this is what you think is the correct term for control, which is absolute nonsense, but if you've decided that control is a deck that never, ever, ever turns the corner, never, and never tries to kill the opponent actively, you are never going to be satisfied with Hearthstone because the existence of those decks is going to be very rare. Why? Because decks that never, ever turn the corner are usually bad for a good reason because if you stop aiming to kill the opponent even at turn 12 right if you don't have a plan to kill the opponent you will start losing to decks that do have a plan and if your desire in hearthstone is to have decks that have no plan to win the game then i'm sorry to say those decks are usually going to be bad and if those decks are ever good they're going to get nerfed because they're obnoxious to play against. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, this is Control Warrior. Control Warrior has damage. It can kill. Control Warrior back in Classic could very much kill. It ran Charge Minions. It ran Alexstrasza. It could kill. It ran Ragnaros. It had threats. That's I understand. I played I played a lot of that deck. I like that deck. I'm I'm going to try this deck. I might enjoy it. And I will expect the games will go longer than most of the decks that I've been playing lately. Just saying, there are a lot of cards in here where the answer is slow them down and then kill them before they do the thing. And there are, is not going to be a long game answer, like a, a permanent answer to keeping up with rogue generation and DH damage. Like, it's just not going to happen, which is some people's problem with the format and understandable one at that. Uh, against Demon Hunter, you can easy, easily outlast. You don't need to turn any corner. Against Demon Armor, you just gain armor, gain armor. Don't play minions to their uh, sinful brand unless like you're so far out of range that it doesn't matter and you can win just by outlasting. Uh, but against Rogue, you need to do something. You can't let them sit around forever because they have insane... Uh, like Astalor. <laughs> like, like you're, you're playing against a, a defensive deck and you're playing against Rogue in the late game. What kills you usually is their ability to shadow step Astalor 
and make like three Astalors up to three, sometimes four. Maybe they even shadow step uh, shadow would uh, shadow of the demise, right? They can do that and have up to four Astalors in a game. That's what kind of punishes you for doing nothing, for sitting around doing nothing. Uh, and you can't you can't let them do that uh, consistently. Uh, so this is why you kind of need to threaten them as well. Uh, but average game length of this control warrior, I, I will note, is over eleven turns. Oh boy! So yeah. So, Bunch so of turns. if you think that, yeah, this is this is how, this is a control deck. I'm sorry to say. I'm not. I'm not trying to say it isn't a control deck. That we're not doing deck semantics here. I'm just talking about people that I know that don't necessarily have a voice on this show. I would like to speak and represent what I've yeah, learned. I, and I'll tell them in no uncertain terms. You're never going to be satisfied if this is what you think. But anyway, this is like if you want to take this deck hat to ladder, unless you top on hundred, I really don't recommend this because. Like matchup like Ram Druid is like five ninety five. I'm not even kidding. You cannot win. <laughs> you cannot win. I th- I'm pretty sure the five in the ninety five is the Druid just disconnecting, uh, or forgetting to click cards. Uh, matchups like Thief Rogue are highly oppressive. Like you cannot win. There is no path to victory whatsoever. However, we have discovered another deck, another control deck, right? That. Kind of does similar things to control your, but it's matchup spread. It's not hopeless against things like Ram Druid Thief. Or those matchups are still tough, but instead of being like 595, it's more like 4060 or maybe 3565. More winnable, more possible to win. There's there's a path to victory there in these tougher matchups, but it still gets the job done against Quest Age and Miracle Rogue, and might be better against Miracle Rogue. Because the quality combos allow you to take out a Sinstone Graveyard Ghost without taking damage, without needing to target it. It didn't. It doesn't need to come out of stealth. You have the ability to prevent and negate all of that damage, which is a big deal. And and too far watch posts. This is this is the the spice that I'm adding to the existing build. So there's an existing build. It runs Flight of the Bronze. I took Flight of the Bronze out. I added Far Watch Post. Why did I add Far Watch Post? Because... Because it ends it. Because it it ends ends it. it. Yes, but it's a very similar deck to Control Warrior in the sense that it stalls the game. It does have the ability to turn the corner, eventually deal charge-based damage. Instead of Galvanger, you have Mr. Smite. You can buff it with Lightforge Carrier. You draw it off of order in the court. It's a fairly consistent plan. It's not an amazing plan, but it exists. It gives you a pathway to end the game, which is a good thing to have. And uh, uh, Flight of the Bronze is specifically terrible against Demon Hunter and Rogue. I've looked at that, and I said... Why don't we cut the card that is terrible against Demon Hunter and Rogue and add the card that I know is the nuts against both Rogue and Demon Hunter? And by the way, Firewatch Post is also very good against Ram Druid. It's not just, it's not like a narrow tech. There's a lot of decks. There are a lot of decks where you play Firewatch Post and it ends it. So you take Control Paladin, you add Firewatch Post. What does it do? It probably ensures favorability against both Quest Demon Hunter and Miracle Rogue. As of right now, the existing build uh, has very 
possibly very narrow advantages against Quest, Demon Hunter, and Miracle Rogue. And these advantages, I'm not sure that they will stick if people are more aware or more knowledgeable about this deck existing. Miracle Rogue players might be able to adjust their game plan and understand that in order to beat Control Paladin consistently, you really need to ask to lower their asses. Like, again, once again, this matchup, the way the Paladin loses is Astalor, 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 Astalor. Uh, because, you know, Lightforge Carol doesn't do anything against Astalor. It did negate Denathrius damage, but it cannot deal, uh, it cannot negate Astalor damage. So what the Rogue does, if it has infinite time, they just Shadow Step the Astalors and they play tons of Astalors and, and they kill you that way. However, Paladin does have ways to turn the corner. Um, Anachronos really really important here um it's it's a seven mana eight eight it wipes the board for two turns which means it's a good answer a delay against sinstone graveyard turns with like gnolls and stenographers like those big boards that the rogue generates you just play an anachronos and suddenly you have an eight eight that they have to kill and if they don't have a deadly shot concoction then they're kind of in trouble. You can absolutely turn the corner and kill them. Also, Light Rays help. Sometimes you can play Anachronos and double Light Ray. That's a really good swing. That makes it very difficult for the Rogue to survive up until the point where their minions come back or they're able to, to counter pressure again. Um, and you have Mr. Smite. You play two order in the course. That's another adjustment that I did. You ensure that Lightforge Carrier comes down on turn eight every time. And then Mr. Smite is drawn soon after you start buffing the Smite and you can kill them by hitting them in the face. And you can do that on multiple matchups. Um, so this deck seems to work very well. It has decent disruption, has good removal, decent generation options uh, with Servant and uh, Battle Vicar gives you some um, off-deck answers to certain things sometimes. And yeah, you have you can you draw uh, your equality very consistently through Knight of Anointment. You run three holy spells. The third is Holy Mackerel, which can be clutch against Demon Hunter. Like when they try to burn you down, you just win with Mackerel. Uh, often stabilizes you to the point where you're behind the Light Forge Carriol. They deal half the damage, and you heal up, and it's just over. So this build, this build, can potentially go. 55% plus in both of these matchups. If the Far Watch Pulse does what I think it can do, and there isn't massive adjustment, uh, I'm, I'm taking into account some correction of Miracle World play players playing better against this deck. Even at that point, I think that Control Paladin can have an edge against both of these decks, which makes it a meta breaker. But, uh, but unlike Control Warrior, unlike Control Warrior, um, this deck has, again, much better matchups against the rest of the field to the point where it's pretty good everywhere on ladder hat. Like, everywhere on ladder, it could be at least tier two. Like, yes, the Raptorid matchup is tough and Thiefro Garden matchup is, is, is harder, but these are more winnable than compared to Control Warrior where it looks at Raptorid and they might as well concede, right? Because 595, you're doing nothing. But against Druid, especially with Far Watch Pools, you have much more game. So this deck looks promising. 
Um, I recommend trying it out. We'll see what happens next week. How, uh, uh, how, you know, the rogue and the demon hunter players adjust to it. But I, I think it, it, it can definitely give a good fight against these decks and maybe break or loosen their grip on the format just a little bit. So that's, uh, that's a, the most promising thing that we found this week. But there's more. There's more interesting stuff that are happening because of the inbred top legend meta hat. And that is Savalna Priest hat. I've seen so many tweets about this today. Pocket Train hit top 10 legend with it. Uh, a lot of people have been playing around with Savalna Priest. Yeah, so this is not something in the report. This is a bonus, bonus content happening just for after me the database. just for me the rest of you get to hear this later i get to see this before the report comes out yeah yeah so okay this is all uh this is theoretical stuff but there is some data there is some basis in data with this idea so pocket train hit legend it hit number one legend with svalna priest a build that basically takes existing svalna priest and adjust it how do you adjust it the big deal is running Shadow Ward Ruin. Shadow Ward Ruin has consistently been a good answer for Priest against Rogue because it can deal, it can destroy non, uh, its non-targeted removal. It can deal with Sinstone Graveyard. And when you look at even the bad Priest deck, like Plague Priest and, and Undead Priest, these decks are terrible. But the one thing you do notice in their matchup spread is that they're narrowly favored against Miracle Rogue. Uh, when I say Miracle Rogue has no counters, I mean no viable counters. There are a couple of trash decks that Priest has that actually have a favorable matchup against Miracle Rogue. The problem is they lose to everything else. But Plague Priest and Undead Priest are actually pretty decent against Rogue. And the reason is Priest removal is really good against Rogue. Like you've got several tools that really help you in that matchup. And the biggest one is Shadow Ward Ruin. That really helps. That makes Plague Priest still a good deck against Miracle Rogue. But Plague Priest is a trash deck. So what if we take Shadow Ward Ruin and we add it to a deck that maybe has better chance against other stuff? And that's the the, the thought that came uh, with the um, creation of this adjusted Savannah Priest that Pocket Train took to number one legend. Now, I'm not... I don't think that his list is optimal. Uh... I think the uh, identity theft are unnecessary. I, I I don't feel that identity theft. I really think that they should that Svalnapri should be running double flash heal. I think that is a very important card. Running one copy of it can't agree with that. The light shower elemental is kind of interesting. Maybe it helps you prevent getting burned down by Quest Demon Hunter, but I'm not convinced that it helps you enough again in that matchup. I'm pretty sure Pocket Rain went like 0-5 against Demon Hunters. Svalna Priest is not good against Demon Hunter. But what if everybody in Miracle uh, like started playing a Miracle build that, you know, didn't lose to Quest Demon Hunter anymore? <laughs> Which means Quest Demon Hunter just doesn't beat Miracle Rogue and gets countered by Control Paladin and Control Warrior. Svalna Priest is a deck that can have a decent matchup against Miracle Rogue. Again, not insanely favored, but maybe slightly favored. And have a good matchup against Paladin and Warrior because you're never going to, like, as Paladin and Warrior, you're not going to stop the Priest from being able to infinite Svalna, right? 
Like they, you're facing, you're an attrition deck facing infinite value. Unless the paladin and the warrior somehow hit enough face damage, right, to to kill the priest over the top, you're never gonna stick threats against them because they're just gonna find like removal very easily. Infinite, they have infinite removal options. Like you play big stuff, they'll discover a ruin if they need to. Or you play a bunch of small stuff, they'll devouring plague, chain you, and heal the full, and stuff like that. So in theory, against those decks, Svalna Priest may work. And this is what happened. Pocket Train, I think, went 16-3 and three against Miracle Road on his climb to number one. Obviously, the matchup is not 16-3, and three, but because he, he hit number one legend. Like, that's what number one legend players do. They outperform everyone else. That's why they're they have the highest MMR, but uh, it still indicates some favorability against Miracle Rogue. And if the other narrow matchups are not bad, then this is another very fringe meta breaker. Now, do I think that this deck is good throughout the rest of ladder? Probably not, because Ramdrid is kind of unplayable. But maybe, maybe I need to look at the data for this new list and see what it does. Because uh, Valna Priest, it's Current iteration, uh, some iterations exist. They don't want Shadow Order Run. They're trash. And this deck adjusts some cards. But it's probably not enough to make it, like, good against, uh, good enough against other decks. But this is the result of an inbred meta that you're seeing. So from a situation where it's, like, just Miracle Rogue, just Quest DH, and there's nothing else, I actually think that top legend players now have some options they have multiple options to play very defensive decks, very defensive decks, and find some inner edges. Uh, by the way, Control Paladin has the a big edge against Control Warrior, and Svalna Priest may have an edge against both Paladin and Warrior. So there's all sorts of, there's counters, there's the narrow counters, and then there's more well-rounded counters, and there's the counters to those counters, it's all very interesting. But Svalna obviously loses to Quest DH. It hard loses that matchup. Like, you have some healing, but you cannot outlast the, the, the Demon Hunter. So, yeah, also, um, do not try and play this priest deck on mobile. Yeah, the, you have absolutely The animations no, are no. crazy. Yeah, this is a very APM intensive deck. You have to, like, animate dead, animate dead, uh, resurrect like Radiant Elementals. And you start discovering as many shadow spells as possible and playing it at the same turn. It's very like the, the number of actions you can do is pretty much correlates to the success that you can you can have with this deck. Because if you don't discover stuff enough uh, quickly enough and and answer your opponent whatever your opponent is doing, you're not gonna do well with this deck. So it's very important to get the most actions because you're basically gonna rope every turn. Uh, because you're never you you're never gonna end turn, because you you want to discover as many things as possible. You have infinite ability to discover and play cards. Uh, you're just limited by time. So uh, that that is an interesting thing that I've just seen, and I think theoretically in a very narrow environment of top legend, Svalna Priest actually makes sense to me, which may surprise some people, but I, I do think that there's something there, and I'd like to see more data on it. Um, but that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what happening. You have, again, this weird, uh, format where there's like two decks that are viable on paper 
at the highest MMR bracket and it, it causes weird stuff to happen like control warrior control paladin not as weird but Savannah priest definitely weird definitely a weird deck so um something to to try an experiment you you do have more than two decks i think that are viable at that very narrow bracket and obviously throughout the rest of ladder i think people have far less reasons to complain about diversity because there's actually a decent decent amount of diversity again unless you're like 11 uh 11 multiplier player uh you're gonna run into all sorts of bunch of decks there's shamans there are mages there's there's everything there's death knights a lot of dk trying to make dk is quite lot of popular outside of, at, of high legend yeah yeah at lower memoir brackets death knight is still the most popular class and people still really want to make blood De- uh, death knight work even though it's not good. I, I think that it's very likely that Blood Death Knight and Unholy, but also Blood, are going to get some buffs. Uh, they have a little yeah. bit of spicy changes that are coming. I expect to see more aggressive support uh, in, in the form of buffs to these two uh, specs, uh, as well as things like maybe we can help Warrior uh, a little bit, be better against decks that completely trash it and make it more of a more than just a niche uh, meta counter, narrow meta counter, um, and priests, you know, things like plague priests and under, especially undead priests is complete garbage deck, but I can definitely see them adjusting some numbers and making that deck more, far more viable. And again, priest removal toolkit is very good against rogue in general. So priest does have the potential if it wasn't completely trash as a class and actually had good ways of winning games. I think it would be a good answer to scam decks like uh, Miracle Rogas. Um, Man, I'm yeah, looking at the class uh, uh, breakdown. It is kind of uh, like shocking to see, more than anything, how Quest Demon Hunter is basically only played at Legend. The drop-off immediately, as soon as you hit D1, is enormous. More than half the deck's yeah, population vanishes. Yeah, the de- these decks are like Miracle Rogue, like at high diamond and it's pretty early in the month there are more thief rogues than miracle rogues like and quest demon hunter is barely noticeable uh it's like it has a a play rate that's under five percent uh it's 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 a different game it's like playing a different game um so it's weird to me when when people who don't play a top legend complain about miracle rogue and quest age i mean you can complain about the play pattern it's just it is not going to be something as frequent. And also, like Miracle Rogue players at this rank are far worse and they're not they don't produce as as, as good results, right? I'm telling you, you can complain about the play patterns of Miracle Rogue and Quasi Age, sure, but if it doesn't affect you, if it, do, it affects a very narrow uh population, then it's not as bad. Right, it's it's not as bad. Like when when Poison Rogue uh, dominated last last year, that deck trickled down far more. And uh, you well, could, and Thief you Rogue too. Feel, I mean, the original Wild Thief Rogue was super popular. People loved it. Was that super thing. popular and it was super busted. Uh, yeah. This this iteration of Thief Rogue is just not not nearly as good as the iteration of last year. And honestly, Thief Rogue people are playing it mostly because they really like the deck. The deck doesn't even win that much. Like Thiefer, when you look at its performance, um, 
it's like a top legend. It's it's dropped to tier three because it's it doesn't have a great matchup spread. Even at diamond ranks, it's tier three. It's a tier three deck. It doesn't have a positive win rate throughout most of ladder. So it has like a, a slightly above ten percent play rate and a, and a tier three win rate. It's honestly not, and it's gonna get nerfed just because of the collateral damage from Miracle Rogue and Walpano likely getting hit. And, you know, it's the same thing. It's a very similar story with something like Ram Druid. People really like playing Ram Druid. And this deck is bad. This deck is bad everywhere on ladder. At top legend, it gets obliterated by Miracle Rogue. Throughout the rest of the ladder, it gets obliterated by aggressive decks. And at some rank brackets, it's even tier four. And people still play the hell out of Ram Druid because they really enjoyed that archetype. So if you have an archetype, if you've made an archetype, that people really enjoy playing and playing despite its poor performance. How can you say that this is bad design? Like for a lot, for, for many developers, having a deck, making a deck, designing a deck that people really enjoy playing to the point where they were willing to sacrifice win rate to do so is indicative of good design. It's indicative of attractive design. I wish that Shaman had decks that were as attractive to players. You have Evolve Shaman performing so well, yet nobody cares to play it. So there is something else that people need to keep in mind when it comes to decks. It's not just their win rate. It's also how fun they are and whether people are interested in playing it. If if you make a tier one deck for Warrior, but nobody cares to play it, did you actually achieve something useful? Did you Did you actually do something that's good for the game? Not really. You didn't really accomplish anything because if there's a deck that's good but nobody wants to play it, that kind of tells you that it's not attractive. And the whole point of the game is to make decks that are attractive that people enjoy playing. So for me, decks like Ramdruid and current iteration of Thief Rogue are fine. They, like, if if those are decks, that are, those are the most popular decks at a certain rank bracket, that's fine. They're not even, they don't even win very well. Uh, so they're not the problem. The problem is when there are decks that are really highly popular and have really problematic play patterns and, and or they win at a very alarming rate to the point where they become exceedingly popular. Win rate is not the measure where you should balance decks. Win rate is an indication whether these decks, these decks are going to become more popular. If a deck has a 55% win rate, it's indicative that it's likely going to become exceedingly popular. And the exceedingly popular is the problem. The problem is not the win rate per se. The problem is the po the popularity that that is born out of that win rate. That is success. Because you want a meta that's diverse in order to experience many different things, so you lose to different cards, right? If you start losing to the same cards over and over, you're more likely to be frustrated by something. Because something, like, uh, like Yeah, if you constantly, like Astelor is a card that absolutely needs to get nerfed. By the way, the nerf suggestion that I've made like two, two weeks ago, no, no, don't listen to me. You probably need to nerf Astelor harder. You probably need to reduce the damage or do something like maybe reduce the the eight mana Astelor to deal six plus six or push the mana thirst on the two and five mana Astelors, like make it significantly worse because even if it's significantly worse, its player is probably going to remain high 
It's just, it can't be like this card, 70% player is insane. And by the way, I did tell you had a couple weeks ago that Aslo was on its way to be over 70% of decks. Like I even yeah. said in the supporters channel, like three weeks ago, I calculated how many how many decks are supposed to play Astalor that don't play it right now? And what happens if every deck that wants to play Astal that needs to play Astalor, where Astalor is a good card in that deck, plays it? What become what happens to the play rate? And I did some math and I reached over 70%. And two or three weeks later, we're at Astalor play rate 70%. Because now every deck that's supposed to play it plays it. I'm wondering if you're just supposed to add a mana to all three bodies and just call it a day. <laughs> Yeah, it's very possible. You just need to add a mana or push the mana thirst or reduce the damage of the third Astalor. Now, actually, this week when I looked when I I looked at Control Paladin and Control Warrior, I evaluated these matchups against Miracle Rogue. It really became clear to me that Astalor is a bigger problem than people think it is because how oppressive it is against reactive strategies. It's really oppressive. I've talked about it last week about how Astalor, if you have an Astalor, two decks that run Astalor, the deck that's a proactive and is the one that pressures has a huge advantage because it's Astalor is much better than the defensive deck's Astalor, right? Because the defensive deck, the passive deck, doesn't have minions on board or is likely to have minions on board, which means all that damage goes face against it. While... Its own Astalor is maybe a comeback mechanic, but it doesn't really end the game, and it gives more time for the other deck to pressure. So that is very important to understand. And Miracle Rogue is a deck that highly abuses Astalor. In matchups like Control Pal and Control Warrior, if Miracle Rogue had no Astalor, I'm pretty sure that Control Pal and Control Warrior are hard counters to Miracle Rogue in the case where there's no Astalor involved. I would not be surprised if during testing that Astalor was the missing piece of the thing that made Miracle Rogue so much better against all these matchups because all three bodies are key. There have been so many times when I've won with the Rogue or lost against the Rogue because they shadow step Astalor 5 for an extra 5 armor. Yeah, it's it's th that card is extremely important for Miracle Rogue and is the main reason why Miracle Rogue, despite the fact that it's a very cheap deck, was just like... It has a lot of generation with concoctions, yes. It has a lot of value. But Astalor really pushes its late game over the top to the point where, again, decks that are highly defensive, you're playing Lightforge Karyo, equality combos, you got healing, you've got Control Warrior with tons of armor gain, tons of defensive tools, and they still struggle to have, like... Uh, more than a positive win rate against Miracle Rogue because Astalor is so insane against these kind of strategies. So I think that nerfing Astalor uh, significantly is going to help late game strategies, what people thought, uh, consider to be reactive strategies, control decks or whatever. Astalor is a big, big uh, factor in why these decks are a fringe or barely exist, or don't see much play. That card is oppressive uh, in every way, shape, or form. And I do like the design of it in terms of flavor. I think it's great. It's just too good. It's way too good. And it is a bigger problem than people realize. Um, I am confident that if Miracle Rogue did not have access to Astalor in its current iteration, it would not be able to beat Paladin, Warrior, Priest, would farm it. Like... 
defensive decks would farm Miracle Rogue uh, without Astro. So uh, that's something to to think about. But yeah, uh, I think we're kind of uh, done here. Again, there's there's some interesting stuff. Again, if you're climbing ladder right now uh, and you climb into Legend, you have a lot of options. You don't have to play one deck. You can play Spitter Hunter, which is the best. But there's all sorts of stuff. There's Mage, Shaman, Paladin. Everything works. Uh, lots of things work. If you're a top legend, try out these uh, narrow stuff. This narrow stuff. This control warrior, control paladin. Especially I'm um, liking control paladin because like, you queue into a Ramjord, you actually have a chance, right? Um, I would try it out with Far Watch Post. I think Far Watch Post is the nuts. And this Valna Priest is really interesting. Uh, for that environment. So there's some stuff to do. There's some stuff. And if you're sick of standard, we got your back. Soon, Wild Report. Uh, and Wild, Wild uh, is a, um, I would say, a more diverse uh, format than standard right now. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, that's going to do it. Thanks so much, everyone, for hanging out. And I hope you all enjoyed the bonus content on the report as much as I did. Um, VS Gold, VS Silver, Patreon members, thank you so much for your support, and especially to those of you who subbed and supported this week. Next report, well, there's the Wild Report this weekend, so check that out. But then also, uh, our regular report should be Thursday the 19th. Uh, there will be Battlegrounds to play, but we're not anticipating standard changes unless something surprises us. And uh, don't get your hopes up. Mine are not up. It's, it's probably in the 26th, the balance changes. And then our next podcast should be next weekend. We'll see if we have anything to talk about, um, but we're we're going to try. And hopefully there will be lots of new and exciting developments as people play for our watch posts. Uh, Evil Dave, thank you so much for the podcast transcription. Steven Sensei, thank you so much for the intro and outro. We'll talk to you all soon. The Data Reaper podcast is an official production of Vicious Syndicate. Don't forget to sign up and contribute your game data to improve the quality of the weekly Data Reaper report. Instructions are available on our website, along with lots of other weekly content at viciousyndicate.com. Thank you to all of our patrons and data contributors for proving their strength in numbers.